let's get started. This is Fundraising Radio, episode number 21. And today is a guest speaker. We have Paran Santalia, uh, CEO and co-founder of D-Waste. And today we'll focus on raising money through grants because Paran managed to raise his basically whole pre-seed round through grants exclusively. So he didn't give out a single share of his company in any form. So Paran, uh, first of all, thanks for coming today. And uh, let's kick off by you giving us some background about yourself and about D-Waste. Yeah, thanks for having me. So um, personally, uh, I am currently a sophomore at UC Berkeley. Um, grew up in the Bay Area, been here my whole life. And I think uh, I think that's also a big reason behind why uh, we started D-Waste. I think that uh, just growing up, uh, as a as being grown up in a Indian household, uh, learning like we always learned that food waste was a sin, so that was a big reason behind why we wanted to do something about food waste. Uh, one of my co-founders is also uh, Indian, and I think that's just a value that's been instilled into us, and not just us, but pretty much everyone. I think everyone knows how bad food waste is. So what D waste does is that we take photos of food leftovers right now in college dining halls and then using those photos we can analyze what's in those images to figure out like is it a burger that's being thrown away is it a salad that's being thrown away is a pasta or whatever else and then we can report that data right back to the college dining halls so they can use that data and then adjust their recipes or discontinue dishes or try out new dishes to see which gets wasted less and then uh, through the different trial and error, they can reduce their food waste by up to half in just the first year. Now, I talk about college dining hall since that's what we're starting with right now, but we're just about to get into uh, the restaurant market and also corporate dining market. So, uh, yeah, it's it's a technology that can be used in many places. Right. Yeah. I personally know a guy who invested in the same technology, but that works with the restaurant food chains. Um, yeah. So... I wanted to start with a different question, but right now I want to ask you this. I heard, uh, I hear every time someone who is a student at UCLA, Berkeley, USC, whatever it is, they always tend to start from their local colleges. So they either start working with the facilities in the, their college or with the students. Why, why is that? Uh, yeah, so we also started working uh, with UC Berkeley. In fact, our first two pilots were ran at different dining halls in UC Berkeley. And I think the reason is just because it's easy to work with your university there because your first pilot, it's going to have issues. And if we were to, like being students at Berkeley, if we were to do our first pilot at UCLA, um, if anything went wrong, we would either have to have someone there and just be on call with them constantly as they fixed it or just constantly traveling to UCLA. But doing it at Berkeley, we could just walk up to the dining hall at any point of the day. Uh, in fact, we were there. Uh, almost every day or every other day, uh, making sure that everything was running right. And also, yeah, it was just easier to do. And also, it's easier to get in contact with uh, whoever is at the dining hall. Um, just because, like, yeah, I mean, uh, it's right there. And as students at that university, they're much more responsive. Right, right. All right. Um, let's talk about fundraising now. So uh, you have raised all of your money through grants. But have you tried, before going to grants, have you ever tried to reach out to investors, to angel investors, to maybe friends, family, and fools round? Uh... Yeah. So before raising uh, money, so I think this would probably be around May-ish of last year, which is when we felt that uh, we were at a point where we should raise some money um, because we were running short on cash to run new pilots. 
Um, we did reach out. So we spoke with a lot of uh, student venture capital funds. So Berkeley has uh, a bunch of student run VC funds. And so we reached out to them and we spoke with them. And I think that's when it kind of hit us that we were way too early in the process to raise VC funding. And in fact, raising VC funding at that time would just not be the right option for us. Um, so yeah, and then we reached out to a couple angels who also, um, it just, it wasn't the right thing for us because we would get diluted heavily. So we decided that we would try to fund as much just out of pocket uh, as we could. Um, and then that's the point at which we realized that there's so many grants out there which we could apply for and get the money. So then uh, we just started grinding, uh, applying to a bunch of different grants uh, over the course of last summer. And then, yeah, that's how that's how we ended up getting all the money. That's that's pretty interesting. I've never really heard anyone raising so much money through grants exclusively. Uh, but I also wanted to ask you, is there like a special tool to search for these grants? Because uh, for some, for example, for looking for angel investors, there is AngelList. For regular investors, it's Crunchbase. Uh, so is there something like that for grants? So for grants, um, the grants that we applied for, for the most part, um, they were Berkeley grants. So we could just find them through like Berkeley student organizations or like Berkeley has lists of different grants that are available to their students. Mm -hmm. So we just kind of uh, work through that. Um, but in general, not that we've heard of, Uh, we didn't, or at least personally, we didn't use any list. The, the reason that we found out about a bunch of grants is because we just had friends in the VC community who would just constantly reach out with, oh, okay, oh, there's this grant available that you should apply for. Or there's this grant available that you should apply for. That's really cool when you have such friends. All right. Yeah. I'm assuming there is no, like, very specific. I'm pretty sure there is a tool, but maybe Google is the best tool for this case. Um, so... Uh, What I also wanted to ask you is this, when are you planning to raise the next round? So you said that you've tried to reach out to VCs. It's obviously too early for a VC to jump on. But what time do you think is the right time for a VC? So we would probably be ready for uh, VC capital in about uh, six months. The reason that I give a longer timeline is because, in fact, like right now, we've found interest from VCs, but we've just had to turn, the, uh, turn them down because we don't want to dilute ourselves this early. We think that we could get the valuation of the company up and we just don't really need the money right now. Um, I think that's like a big stereotype that goes on in the Bay Area that like once you get VC funding, that means that you're successful. And I think that we fell right into that trap that like we really wanted VC funding because that's like a stamp of approval. But after just, you know, doing it for a while, we realized that uh, VC funding, it's, it's, I mean, it's great, obviously, but it's not the right thing for every company. And there's a different stage at which every company needs to raise it. So we're just trying to put off that stage as much as possible. Um, so just so that we don't dilute ourselves as much. Got it. Yeah, I've seen some founders with the same concern, though I haven't really seen them taking this path. Usually they're just like, okay, we're not, gonna, I don't want to give any shares to anyone. So I'll just stay with the bootstrapping and they usually fail. So hopefully that's not the yeah. case. <laughs> But um, all right, Hopefully, what yeah. sort of uh, KPIs are you looking into right now? So uh, before you decide that it's time, uh, before when you're under, all right, let me rephrase it. <laughs> when will be the time when you will understand that like, hey, right now we have enough data, enough uh, KPIs hit that we can evaluate our company properly. What are those KPIs that you're looking at? 
I think those KPIs would probably be um, that we have a couple customers signed um, and the company is growing at a rate where we just can't, um, where we can't support it without raising money. Until that point comes where we're just desperate for cash, um, I don't feel that it's time to raise money or raise, yeah, VC money. Um, yeah, and I think that time is going to come when either there's just like a lot of pilots that we need to support at the same time or a lot of customers that we need to support at the same time. We need to hire help uh, to help us with these customers and development. So yeah, at that point, I think we would be ready. Right, yeah. So speaking of customers, how many customers do you have right now? Is it only UC Berkeley? Um, no, so we have run uh, a pilot at UC Berkeley and we're working on finalizing deals for a subscription model at UC Berkeley, hopefully starting uh, at the start of next semester, which would be around August. And uh, we completed a pilot at UC Riverside in December. And right now we're just working out the final deals to start a full-time subscription at UC Riverside in about April. Uh, we're about to start a pilot at UC Davis. And we're about to start a pilot with Yum Foods, which as you may know, is the parent company of uh, KFC, Taco Bell, and Pizza Hut. Nice, nice, yeah. nice, nice. That's, that's really cool. But so, so far you don't really have any paying customers, right? Uh, no, so actually all these pilots, they have been paid pilots. Oh, that's great. Uh, yeah. Can you go a little bit in depth into this? Like, how do you agree on the price? What were you basing the price off? Um, yeah, so for the paid pilots, uh, the reason that we started doing that is because we we were, so we, we started by just offering free pilots. And that's when like we were in this pre-accelerator called the CalHex Fellowship, and that's when our director from the fellowship, like he reached out to us and he's just, he told us that you don't know that people really want your product until they start paying for it. So then we started reaching out and we were like, all right, so if you can cover the cost of the pilot, then we would love to do it. So we were just value the pilot at like pretty much our har harbor cost, travel cost if there's anything included uh, and any supplemental costs like the Google Cloud platform and all. Um, and yeah, so we, we weren't trying to make a huge profit off of the paid pilots. The place where we're going to make the profit is obviously when we start signing them as customers. And that's when, uh, yeah, we were able to raise the price to make a profit and then use that profit to obviously grow the company. Right, right. I just got a really big smile when you said that uh, the, the guy from the so pre-accelerator said that yeah. you don't validate before the customer is actually paying. That's That's a great... That's a great statement. I totally agree with that. So uh, yeah. you said you've been to a pre-accelerator and how do you pay them? What what was it about? Like how uh, did you give them some money or was it equity? Uh, no, so actually the pre-accelerator, uh, it's the CalHex Fellowship, which was very different. In fact, um, so CalHex, it's the hackathon that's run at UC Berkeley. And after that, they select uh, 10 teams to join the CalHex Fellowship and they give them each $1,000 equity free. And it's a 12 week program where just each week they have a different session on whatever topic and the directors are there to support you with any questions and you just work to grow your company. So yeah, it was completely free. In fact, we got paid $1,000 for doing it. Um, and yeah, it was over the course from like <coughs> February through April, May ish or May. Um, and it was yeah, it was like that first step that really showed us that we should start to grow this because this could be real successful. Right, yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Some some projects actually kick off from hackathons. So if our okay. listeners have never gone to a hackathon, you should probably check it out. 
because uh, it's it's a great opportunity to, to to come up with some ideas to force yourself to build something. Um, mm-hmm. So, by the way, people who are on the call right now, you cannot type the questions in the regular chat, but you can comment under my post. So if you have anything, just type it in. All right, let's move on. Um, so how do you plan to spend those? So you have about, uh, I would imagine, 18,000 right now left from 21,000, right? With the uh, California sorry, taxes. So you raised 21,000 through grants, but right now with the taxes and all the stuff, you got about 70,000 left, I would imagine. Yeah. That's my cat. Sorry, guys. <laughs> and uh, how do you plan to spend those 70,000? Because you said your runway is about, you plan to to leave for another six months before you start raising other rounds. How mm-hmm. do you, how, how can you possibly do it in California when you have 70,000 and doing it for six months? Yeah. So with the 17,000, what's, what's really great about DOS is that our unit cost for each installation is quite low. Um, so just like the hardware itself is not too expensive. And for like all the software backends for Google Cloud, AWS, all that stuff, we're just running on credits right now. So we're not really paying too much uh, out of pocket. But uh, the whole idea is that we're going to use that money to support pilots, um, to start new pilots. And we're going to use that money for just R&D to test out like new versions of our cameras, new versions of the installation. and new products that we're developing for our different customers that are requesting a different product or, um, yeah, to get into different markets. I think that's just going to be the main, uh, main use of the money. And in the case that we ever need to hire any freelance help, uh, to get some work done, that'll also be uh, a use of the money. So we plan on having that money last us for quite a while. And also included in that six month estimate is going to be that, uh, we get paying customers like this, UC Riverside thing, because that's going to be paying us. A fair bit uh, per month, so we'll also be using that money, obviously, to um, to yeah, just keep keep going until we really need uh, need to raise cash. Got it. So I have two questions from this. First of all, uh, I'm curious, how much do you spend on the development? That's the first question. And the second one would be, uh, you constantly say we, so I assume you obviously have a team. Uh, so how many people are on the team? Yeah. So start with the first question. Um, how much does research and development cost? So our research and development cost uh, has gone up recently because uh, UC Riverside and Yum Foods, they're asking for a different product. And it's great that they're asking for the same product. So we know that there's a market for this. So just developing out this uh, new product, it takes a lot of iterations. Uh, we need to test out all sorts of different components for it. So for example, like the weighing scale, we'd have to probably try out a few different weighing scales, um, like the camera technology, trying out that stuff or building out different prototypes just to see which one works best and which one is most accurate. So that's where like a lot of the money goes. Um, and yeah, so that's kind of like the big research and development cost is trying out different things to see what fits best. And also like these unit costs for each of the prototypes is going to be um, a decent amount. So yeah, that, that's going to be a big cost for that. Um, and then for the team size right now, it is, me and two co-founders who are, uh, one's a Cal student and one is a UCLA student. And we have three interns and we have a campus ambassador at UC Riverside. Nice, that's that's a lot of people actually. How do you manage to acquire interns at this early so, stage? 
Yeah, so for the interns, um, it was pretty great because at my high school, they uh, encouraged doing internships as a student. And so my computer science teacher and I, or my former computer science teacher and I were really good friends. And so he knew what I was doing. And I told him that like, we're looking for some help. He was like, why don't you take some students uh, from Mountain View High? Like you can teach them uh, what to do um, and they can come and uh, do that stuff for you and uh, both of you'll benefit. So yeah, that's how we ended up getting a few interns. That's really cool. That's that's really nice. So, um, uh, man, I'm out of questions now. Damn it! <laughs> You're free right on the spot. Like no no bullshit. No no crap here. So um, I I ran out of questions. Um, I guess my next one would be: What would be your advice for people who who are just thinking of starting something? You know, they're like, hey, I I want to change my life. I want to like do do a startup. What, what would be your advice? Yeah, I think uh, a big thing that's um, that I've been hearing a lot of um, is that you should only start something that you're really passionate about. There's always ideas, you know, that you think, oh, okay, I could do this. And I could make a lot of money. But if you don't really love the idea, you need to be truly in love with what you're doing. Then you're not going to be able to take it far. You're going to lose interest in it after a certain amount of time. The money is not going to keep you interested forever. So yeah, I think it's very important to find a problem that you're very passionate about. And also at the same time, you should find something that, yeah, again, just isn't for money. It should be something that helps helps the world. There should be, you know, it should be something that you feel good about doing. Um, because yeah, also like, I mean, it's, it's going to be on your conscience every day. And I think that, yeah, when you find something that you're really passionate about, uh, you'll always find a way to get over whatever hurdle it is you're facing. And Obviously, don't fall into the trap of just wanting to raise money because it makes uh, it makes it seem like you're going to be successful because you really don't want to do that. You'll regret it later. It really does. All right, now let's actually go back to to, to raising money. Yeah. <laughs> we have on the call right now uh, one person from USC, and she thinks of raising money. And what would be your advice? She's from USC, not Berkeley. Yeah. So for USC. Um, so I'll talk about the couple of grants that we raised because I think that, sure, uh, sure. that could be helpful. So our biggest grant was $15,000 from YC Startup School. So YC Startup School is like a MOOC. Um, it's basically a online course um, for free and they have sessions every week and you have group check-ins and all. And if you just keep on doing that every week and you submit your status update and all, then you'll eventually graduate from the program in a few months. And then uh, for people that graduate, then you apply to the Y Combinator actual um, accelerator. And uh, out of that, then they read applications and they'll decide for like 15 people or so out of the few thousand that uh, do the startup school and they offer them the $15,000 grant. So I think that was a really good one. We spent a lot of time with startup school. I think it's a really great program out there. I think just because we were so dedicated to it and we spent time on our application, uh, we really got, uh, that's how we were able to raise that, the, the 15,000 from there. So I think that's a really great, uh, grant for anyone who's looking for, um, um, who's looking to raise like a decent sum of money in a short amount of time. Uh, also, uh, another 5,000 that we raised was from AUC Berkeley Accelerator. I'm sure USC has a bunch of accelerators that, uh, and then a few of them would be offering you some sum of money. So you should definitely apply for those also. And there should definitely be some sort of list. Um, I think a common one that's like that goes around uh, at 
every university is like a student tech fund or a green initiative fund. And those also offer generally like a pretty hefty sum of money. Um, also equity free. So yeah, just try to find that that list of different grants that your university offers and just go and apply to all of them. The application doesn't take more than 10 minutes for either of them. So you just take out a couple hours and just apply to as many as you can because you have nothing to lose then. Right. Yeah, that's a good approach. In this case, you definitely can do this like sort of cold applying while to the investors, you can really reach through cold emails or cold calls. All right. Yeah. I think we'll wrap it up here. And my last, last question would be, um, what would be your advice to yourself if you could travel in time like three years back? What would you tell yourself? Three years back? Um, yeah. I think I would just tell myself uh, that like, yeah, I should pick something that I'm passionate about. And I think three years back, so that was when I was in high school, I was working on a small, um, small company then didn't work out but yeah I was kind of doing that uh, just for fun and I think it was a great experience for sure but it wasn't something that I was truly um, passionate about and I think I learned a lot from it but if I had picked something that I really loved at that point um, I can't even imagine like where would we be today so yeah I think I think that's uh, really important and yeah just to never give up because uh, yeah you should You'll always be able to find a way if you grind. That's that's pretty inspiring, really. So we actually got a question. So that was not my last question. <laughs> the question is from that lady who goes to USC. She says, I'm in the Y Combinator startup school right now. Any tips for us to get the grant? Yeah. So uh, personally, I'm not exactly sure why, uh, like, what's their selection process because they don't reveal that. But what we did do through Startup School is we did listen to their sessions um, that were every week. I think that they probably, they might track um, whoever opens those links and uh, make sure to submit that weekly update and make sure that they see that you have made progress through Startup School. I'm sure that has to do a big part of it. And we also launched while we were doing Startup School. So I think that was uh, something that must have helped us. And, uh, but I think that the biggest uh, part of the startup school grant is going to be our Y Combinator application. Um, so we spent a, a really long time rec uh, developing that Y Combinator startup application um, because the thing with that application is that you need to be able to express every question, uh, ex express like everything about your company in just like two to three sentences for each application because they don't spend more than five minutes reading your long application. So you got to express everything concisely. And so that's why you should just keep on showing it to a bunch of friends to make sure that um, they can understand what you're doing from just reading that. Uh, and then we ended up getting the interview round from YC. So I think that kind of uh, showed us that like they liked what we were doing. And that is kind of when we felt like we will probably be getting the grant. So yeah, yeah, I think um, if you get that interview round, you probably will get that grant. And yeah, just spend time on the application, show it to a bunch of people, try to show it to other people who went through Y Combinator because uh, they definitely know it much better than anybody else because they have that experience. Right. That's, I think that's a great, great advice. So um, we will wrap it up here then. And yeah, we'll wrap it up. I was just checking if there are any more questions. Um, so yeah, thanks again, Par. Iran, sorry, 
for coming up, for sharing your experience, for telling how to get the grants. I think it was really interesting, even for me. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, thanks again. Thanks for coming and have a great weekend. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, have a great right. weekend.